Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. My name's Shay Cornett. He's Jordan Cornett. Yes, we are married, so we're getting the family portion of Thanksgiving out of the way early for you. Thanks for being with us. So today we've got football coming up. Hopefully you've got some food, some calories in your future. I know we do. It's my favorite holiday. It, by a landslide. Favorite? Favorite. By a landslide. Oh. Not even close. Not even close, huh? You're surprised by this? You love opening day of March Madness. I thought you said that's your favorite holiday. <laughs> I, I know we work in sports. I didn't know that that was a calendar holiday. I think we treat it like that. I think you get, gave people a real deep peek into our lives. It's not a holiday for everybody. That's true. Christmas is my favorite. But okay, you like it because you just. I, I'm you not like as big on Christmas. I know. That's okay. That's okay. So, uh, you love Thanksgiving. So, naturally, you're going to love the rest of the day. I don't know that you loved waking up at 3.30 in the morning, but that's okay. It's just small. I, I just love the fact that as a married couple, I, w- there's a lot of married people out there, a lot of them listening. Imagine working with your wife or husband, significant other, starting at 3.30 in the morning, a drive-in, you meet for your show, and you do four hours of television. And you end up still smiling, laughing, and engaging like we are. We are fighting against the odds. We are swimming upstream. Married people get this. The last thing you want to do is communicate with your with your significant other that early in the morning and operate at a high level. I think we're achieving pretty 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 well right I'm now. I'm a chatty one in the morning too. It drives him nuts. Like, let me talk to you at three. Yeah, you in the are. You are ready to rock. You're bad getting out of bed, but once you take that first step, you are ready. I'm not like that. I, I can ease like my way in. I know. I just I wear you down. Uh, all guests are joined <laughs> are join us in the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line again. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, Jordan Che Cornette filling in today. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Okay, so later on we're gonna have some football. We are not gonna have the three game slate we thought we were gonna have because We do not have Ravens and Steelers today. COVID got in the way, and so that game has been postponed as of now till Sunday. So we've got Houston traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. And now what has become the marquee game of the day, two three-win teams, the Washington football team taking on the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Okay? And why is this the marquee game? Because right now the Philadelphia Eagles sit atop the NFC East. They're a half game ahead. We remember the tie Don't bring me back. I'm not into ties in the NFL, but it's part of the game. Today, unless the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys tie, which I am not going to rule out in this division, one of these teams will become the new front runner of the NFC East, will become now the clear-cut division winner, not winner, division leader in the NFC East. And so, Jordan, there's a lot of different ways we can go with this. But I'm going to take a different angle than we did earlier. You believe Dallas is going to win this game. I think the Washington football team is going to win this game. Leave that there. But now the question, if you look forward, is are teams kind of looking at this NFC East winner, whoever it may be, as a shoe into the playoffs? You know you got to face them at home in the first round of the playoffs. So there are three teams right now that are kind of battling for that fifth seed. That would be the Bucks, the Cardinals, and Seattle. I think the Bucks have to win out to get that fifth seed, which I don't think they can do. But the Bucks, Cardinals, and Seattle are all kind of battling for that fifth seed right now to play the NFC East winner. Do you, when it comes down to it, adjust the way you're playing, give it your all, pull back a little, sit starters, whatever you want to do to ensure you play the NFC East winner because it ensures you, if this is your line of thinking, you'll advance in the playoffs. Well, it, it's interesting, right? I, it, it is a part of the conversation. Like, you hope if you're going to be in that in that area, you're that fifth seed to play the NFC East and how badly it's shown. Inevitably, it's going to be a losing record that comes out of that. 
It's a loser's mentality, though. If you're trying to tailor what your future can be into the postseason because you think that's your best path, you ain't going to win a Super Bowl. You're going to have to go through good teams, so you don't want to try and make that path easier, get inside your own head. You're going to play football. On top of that, Shay, let's go back to 2010, 2011. There's a losing team that came out of, uh, what was it, the uh, that, that Seattle team that year. Came out with a losing record in the NFC South. They came out, and that was a bad football, not a bad football team, but it was a Seattle, no, Seattle, excuse me, out of the NFC West. Seven to nine. And they go against the winners out of that NFC South in the in the New Orleans Saints that were 11 and five that year. Seven to nine Seattle team going into the playoffs in 2010, 2011. A losing record. Every team in that in that NFC West that year, losing records. They face 11 and five, reigning Super Bowl champion New Orleans Saints. Know what they did in those playoffs? They won. Seahawks won that game the first time a losing a team with a losing record in the playoffs got a postseason win. It's because I'm sure going back nearly a decade ago, the Saints felt like they were in a position with all the storylines about a bad NFC West. Marshawn Lynch of the Seattle Seahawks, the Beastquake game, got it done. And to me, once you get in the playoffs, you're in the playoffs. Everything that happened prior to that is thrown out. That NFC East team, whomever it is is going to feel like they're playing with house money. Now, hold on. And it can easily be 2010 and 2011 all over again. This is 2020. What is a lock in 2020? What is a guarantee in 2020? You stole my angle. What's your angle? You said, coming into today, you told me you think teams are going to adjust the way they play to play the fifth seed. The fifth seed teams are going to adjust the way they play to play the NFC East. Hey, babe, I'm like 2020. I'm unpredictable. Okay, see. See, this is why we can't have nice things. This is why we can't get along. I didn't know, that was, I didn't know that's what your take was. Well, it's fine. I mean, we're you just hold your stuff. Like, save it for the, the air. Save it for the air. Save it for the air. We saved it for the air. And I came up with a different approach to this thing because I'm sitting there thinking, why would I want to be a fifth seed that sits there in position that, to say, oh, I, I want to make sure I lock in the five so I play a team with a losing record? Because I thought of one of my favorite players, Marshawn Lynch. And what they were able to do in 2010, Yeah, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Who do you think is going to win the NFC East then? Who do you think is going to be this almighty competitive you know team? Where, you know where all my action and where I push the chips into. Please. Push the chips in on the Cowboys me. winning today. Push the chips in on that team covering. I push the chips in on them winning that division. Let's just put it all out there. Th- that's behind the curtain. That's how the sausage is made. Sweet. Okay. Bring on the Cowboys. So I don't means, care. That means me and Bucks, you. No, no, no. That means me and Seahawks. you are both rooting for Dallas now. No, means, no, sweet. Yeah, you're with no, me. No, and no. Did you hear the chips part? I poured the chips in. Those are our chips. Those are <laughs> chips together. Those are our chips in on Dallas. You and me, chips in. Those are our chips. <laughs> I didn't get to pick this. I don't want the Cowboys. I don't think the Cowboys are going to win the division. I think the Giants are going to win the division. And let me tell you what else. The Giants don't have a single starter on the defensive side of the ball, over the age of 30. And they're about to get a lot younger today. Today. This weekend. Because they've got two starters that are returning to the defensive side of the ball. Okay? They chips. have... The chips. I'm still they're talking. Chips. The Giants are one of the most pesky teams in football. They pay, play love very... Word, I love that, that word. They lost by eight points to the Rams, two points to Tampa Bay. Two really good football teams. And the Giants are the best 
team, and they will come out of the NFC East as winners, and they will give whoever they play in that first round. I don't know if they're going to win. you got to see the matchup. But they will give them a run for their money. If this were splits, you know the deal. Team. I mean, you can't keep talking about what it would be. Jordan, you're it's betting on the is. Cowboys? Have you watched the Cowboys? It, every week there's a new problem. I watched them the last quarterback, week. You watched the them last line. week. Is it the defense? Is it their, their lack of a run game? Or is their running back or they're paying millions of dollars fumbling the football? Where are their weapons? Oh, the head coach and the, the team isn't see. getting along. There's a new problem every single week. This is week. what you do when we argue back in the house. This is the kind of stuff. Make and, the accurate and, and, point. And also you talk That's about tone. You talk about tone. I feel like you're doing more of the yelling here, and your tone could be in question. That's what you always say at the house when you feel like you've got the right point. See, when you're right, that's <laughs> what your that. tone inevitably don't, don't does. You me. get loud because you might be right. So you're getting louder, and your tone no, is no, in no. question. I am right. I am right. Not I might be. I am now, see, right. You can't monopolize right and wrong. That's not how this works. So now, oh, you chips? <laughs> Do you wish you put your chips maybe in a different pile? Maybe with the Giants? That's not how it works. Our chips are already there. Our chips. They're already <laughs> they're already on the table, pushed in on Dallas. So you're doing all this after the fact when you could have consulted with me before we took the chips and we put the chips where they are. You could have consulted with you. You wouldn't put those chips in there without asking me at all. Just like you went and took my take. You thought that teams would be playing, <laughs> that teams would be playing to face the NFC East winner. Now all of a sudden we're sitting here because I again make the accurate point and tell you that's not going to happen. The NFC East winner by that point in time, especially if it's the Giants, because oh oh, the Giants by the way this year have a new offensive line, new schemes on both offense and defense. They have a new secondary. Oh, there's been COVID nineteen. They lost Saquon Barkley. Their quarterback is now their leading rusher. They're just having to adjust they have a new head coach and they have they've had up until this point no McKinney but now what's going to happen is the Giants are going to start to pick up steam right they're figuring this all out things are starting to come to fruition there was no preseason games so now everything's coming together you could make the same argument for the Cowboys Giants Please. are coming off a bye Go on. Cowboys no, no. went here and did it against the Vikings Cowboys the are the Vikings. ones the four win Vikings Hey, the Cowboys did it. You're the one poo-pooing on Ezekiel Elliott talking about the fumbles. Rear view. The guy ran for over 100 yards last week. Zach Martin got got moved to the right tackle position. They th- This offensive line stood up Andy Dalton so it could look competent. Mike McCarthy was being celebrated for once in a week. That's what they call old mo. Old momentum. It's now on the Cowboys' side. And you can wax poetic and make all the logic and sense that you want to because you're making a lot of it. I'll give you credit. Thank you. But let's be very clear on how we made a little bit of scratch lately. It was fading you on some of your picks. So if you like the Giants, everybody out there, consider the fade play. Because lately, she's been kind of cold. I feel really good. I've been cold Sunday. You didn't win one game. What are you talking that's about? That's dirty laundry. That, that's that's not what we do here. You just told me hey, you listen, fade me. We're a married couple. We can talk about all types of things. Talking about my cold streak for a few games on one day that define the day is not fair. Okay, so while you put, hey, hey. That's below the belt, honey. Hey, all the chips, where did you put them? Remind me. The Dallas Cowboys. Great. America's team. Great, on Sunday. Thanksgiving, where they've beaten eight of the nine last times they played the Washington football team. Eight of the last nine, you know who's been the winner? The Dallas Cowboys. Guess what the Washington football team has? A A new head coach. New quarterback. Well, not new, but a resurged quarterback. Uh, back to you all the chips. You call Andy Dalton resurged quarterback. I don't. Which, which way is it? Hey, do you like him? Do you not like him? Hey, back to all the chips. Where did you put him again? Remind me. Remind Dallas me. Dallas Cowboys. The chips. The Dallas chips Cowboys. The Cowboys. All the chips. On Sunday, when you lost every game you bet, who did you bet? Why do you lose? keep telling everybody? Just, that? just remind me. Who did you bet on Sunday that blocked, cost you the I day? I blocked it out. I, I you bet remember. the Vikings. Okay. So why you put? 
all the chips. See, these are low blows that don't even pertain to what the conversation <laughs> is at this point. Now you're just throwing stuff against the wall to make me look better in front of the public. I'm just saying, if you're gonna if you're gonna say I I'm with you on a pick, consult with me first. And you know what you my always, pick but, was the Giants. Your pick is hold the on, Cowboys. You always, Save the tape. What do you always tell me? Learn from your mistakes, Jordan. Learn from your mistakes. Become a better man. It's what I've tried to do in our in our relationship on into our marriage. Learn from my missteps to become a better person. So let's go back to that. Oh, who no. did I who did I pick in the Vikings and the Cowboys game? The Vikings. So am I going to learn from my mistake here? And am I going to pick the right t- team, be on the winning side, adjust, actually have faith on Dallas, have faith in Dallas on Thanksgiving? Yeah, I'm going to adjust. I'm going to evolve. That's what you've asked of me. That's what I'm going to do here because I believe Andy Dalton is going to have an opportunity at points to make plays. And I believe that because it's going to be on the backs of Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott, their running back, finding holes behind an offensive line that is going to be able to keep at bay this monster defensive front of Washington. I do believe you're going to see a Herculean effort from the offensive line from Dallas, which everything is going to be set up on and predicated for success. It starts there for Dallas. They deliver there. The activated run game, Andy Dalton opportunistic with all those playmakers on the perimeter. And guess what? Washington doesn't really throw the football that well. So a questionable secondary that gives up all these passing touchdowns like the Cowboys, it may not even have to be a problem here because Alex Smith, we love to celebrate him, but he just ain't it. And Washington's offensive passing attack, the aerial attack, it just ain't it. And that running game that was able to do it versus Dallas the first time around, Take that game and throw it completely away because it was a wash, 25-3, to with Ben DiNucci at the quarterback position and the game frenzied and out of, out of whack completely won't be the story here. It just won't. It's going to be a completely different situation. And those chips, when we win them, they're all mine. They are all mine <laughs> because you don't believe. Those chips belong to me. They're no longer our chips. They're my chips. Maybe, the, maybe, maybe you're on to something. Maybe the Washington football team just doesn't like – quarterbacks that play for the Bengals. Like, maybe that's why they knocked out Andy Dalton last time they played. Maybe that's why Joe Burrow found himself hurt. Maybe that's why this pass rush for the Washington football team has been so good. And maybe Jordan today, since they've already taken care of Andy Dalton once, they won't show up again. Maybe. Maybe. And in terms of the Washington football team not being a good passing team, let's just revisit Alex Smith's numbers from the last couple games. Want to do that? Tell me who they're against. Let's do that. Okay, so we've got 325 yards against the Giants, which still resulted in a loss, 390 yards against the Lions, and 166 passing yards. The Lions defense. I'm just pointing. And then the Bengals, what do you do against the Bengals? He didn't have to do much. He threw for like 160-some yards. Because they lost their quarterback. Give me a break. We can continue this debate in a little bit. We need I'm to sweating. take a little bit of a left turn. Well, you're going to probably keep Let's sweating. Let's get back to Thanksgiving and good feels. Okay, good. This is good feels. What did you do all day yesterday? Covered college basketball, and that's what we're going to yes. get to right now. Jay Billis, ESPN College Basketball Analyst, joins us right now on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Jay, happy Thanksgiving to you. Thanks for being <laughs> with us this morning. Um, we've got a lot going on here. Obviously, we're debating football coming up later today, but yesterday we returned back to the hardwood. We had college basketball. So just give it to me straight, your biggest takeaway from yesterday. It was just fun. It was fun to be back on the floor and see teams play. And uh, I got a chance to see Villanova and Arizona State, uh, Boston College and Rhode Island. And then, uh, you know, I thought Arizona State was was very good offensively. They've got some talent, man. They're 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 good. And then Villanova was what I expected. I mean, they were so tough down the stretch. They didn't play their best, but uh 
they're going to be there at the end. So it was just good to see. And I watched a bunch of games and looking forward to the games, the college games today. It's just good. A lot of work has gone into getting getting the games on, and it's been really bumpy, and it's going to be bumpy the rest of the way. But uh, but a, a tremendous effort's been made. It's it's fun to have it back. Jay, it felt like the world was right again, seeing your face everywhere, talking about the sport that me and my wife Shay love so dearly, and a lot of people out there do as well in college basketball. And we so much of the analysis coming in was, well, there's no scrimmages between squads. There's no exhibitions. You are literally seeing a dress rehearsal uh, become the first game of the season. And we saw a lot of the best teams in the country play yesterday. And I heard you share a sentiment that that I echoed the same as I was surprised by some of the execution being what it was, uh, being pretty good for it being a first showing. I look at teams like Virginia. I look at teams like Illinois, uh, Arizona State, Villanova, and they looked relatively sharp for what's been in front of them and the attrition they faced. How do you feel about that? I thought the quality of play was really good. Um, you know, you saw that the top teams perform at a really high level. Uh, heck, you know, you had, you had uh, one team won, but Arkansas won by 80 yesterday. Uh, I couldn't believe that. <laughs> but you had, and look, some teams played lesser competition. Yes. Obviously, they're going to they're gonna dominate. But uh, you mentioned Virginia looked really good yesterday. I mean, they can score now, and they're playing a more of a spread offense. And Sam Hauser transferred in from Marquette has added a totally different dimension to, to that offense and their defense is magnificent as always. So, but you know how it is, Jordan, like, like you give, you give the coaches four scrimmages and they're going to say it's not enough and, <laughs> and it's still early in the season and they're rusty and all that stuff. So uh, would they rather have the scrimmages? They're important. Yes. But I, what I heard from most of the coaches was, um, you know, it just feels so good to be back on the floor and playing that uh, that they're not complaining as much. Jay Wright of Villanova said that he said he says, you know, I'm I'm so much more relaxed. And then he was wearing out the officials during his game. He didn't look quite as relaxed in the in the game. <laughs> Jay Villas, ESPN College Basketball Analyst, joining us right now. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Uh, Shea Cornette, J- Jordan Cornette filling in. Jay Billis joins us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, brought to you by Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. So I don't know. Did you have a chance yesterday, Jay, to hear John Calipari's comments following Kentucky's win over Moorhead State? I did, and that is uh, one of the more that was one of the more interesting post game routines he's put on. It was fantastic, and uh, I didn't know that's how Kentucky fans sounded. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's what winning or losing they may have a problem with, but they they're probably gonna have more of a problem problem by saying, John, we don't really sound that way. Do, do we sound that way? When no, we're playing? they definitely don't sound that way. But really quick for everyone who hasn't heard it, here's Coach Calipari yesterday after their win over Moorhead State. We look like an organized basketball team. Can you imagine? We've been 40 days, 30 practices in 42 days, and this is what we look like. So I'm happy. Now, when we start talking all these next games we're playing, I did these guys a disservice. I did my team a disservice. No one's doing what we're doing. We didn't have exhibition to get going. We didn't have some games. No, we got nine games and seven of them are ridiculous. I'm going to have to be as positive and patient as I've ever been. It's it's going to be a tough road. And I would tell the fans, don't you be mad at these kids. Don't be mad at them. Be mad at me. Then you start saying, all you out there, we want a stronger schedule. Why would we play everybody? Okay, now we're playing everybody, and you'll see the result. And that same guy said, look, I want us to play good. I'm fine with that record because I'm the one that wants them to play all these tough games. I'm not getting mad at these kids. I'll get mad at Cal for playing that kind of schedule. What was he thinking? 
Okay, so I want your reaction to that. Kentucky does have a tough stretch coming up. They've got Richmond, they've got Kansas, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, UCLA, Louisville, uh, on and on. What did you make of Coach Kell's comments? Are they are they worthy of a gripe? Well, yeah, but I mean, it's not going to do any good because, you know, Cal's been there for over 10 years. He knows Kentucky fans want to play uh, uh, an extraordinarily tough schedule and win. It's not an either or thing for, for them. So, um, look, he, he's right. They are playing a really tough schedule and they got a young team and they're probably going to take a couple lumps here and there, but that's okay. And, you know, I, I think one of the things about, about basketball that some fans don't um, – not that they don't get, but they don't internalize as much as in football, you lose a game, you're out. Like you can't, you know, you can't compete for the title anymore. The rest of your games are exhibition games, unless you're playing against a team that's still in it. In basketball, you get to build toward the end. And that's a good thing. Uh, so I, I think it's great that they play a tough schedule. If they get beat a few times, who cares? Um, you know, you, you build toward the end. And if they're in it at the end, nobody's going to remember their regular season record. Jay, we'd be remiss uh, if we didn't mention before letting you go quickly here. Gonzaga, Kansas, set to do battle today, 130. That's one versus six. Gonzaga just found out that they're going to have Andrew Nemhart, the Florida transfer, eligible. I feel like this team's the most talented in the country, that and the Zags. Uh, a talent that is a cut above. Uh, are you excited for this matchup? What are you looking in as you focus on this one? Well, I think Gonzaga can win the whole thing. Like, Kansas is good. I think Gonzaga is a little bit ahead. Uh, and this freshman they've got, Jalen Suggs, is the best. Uh, that's the best recruit, I think, that Mark Fuse ever brought in there. He's brought in some really good players, but he's not had anybody rated uh, as high as uh, as Suggs. And then they've got so many quality returnees. Uh, getting Andrew Nemhard uh, eligible after transferring from Florida – uh, is important. It gives them another body and another guard that can run the team. Uh, but it also gets infuriating after a while when you're watching some of these uh, transfers that are sitting out yeah. that uh, can't get their waivers granted, and then waivers around the country are being granted, you know, handed out like Halloween candy. It's kind of ridiculous. Just uh, we're in a pandemic. They're given extra years of eligibility out. Let let the waivers grant all the waivers and let's stop all the. Did you guys see where Michael Flowers? of South Alabama who transferred from Western Michigan and Western Michigan held up his waiver, uh, hit a game winner yesterday and, and his father had passed away the day before. And can you imagine if, if his waiver hadn't been granted and the NCAA had allowed kind of Western Michigan to hold him up like that? Um, uh, you know, this whole waiver process is broken and, and they need to fix it. I mean, I, I don't understand why we're, why we continue to do this year after year. Jay Billis, ESPN College Basketball Analyst, with us now. And we appreciate the time, Jay. It is so good to have college basketball back. It is so good to hear your voice again over the airwaves. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you so much for the time. And great to be with you guys. Thanks for for being on today. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. Uh, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Shay Cornette, Jordan Cornette filling in on this Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. We're talking a little sports. That's what Thanksgiving's about. We got the family side covered since we're both here together and happy, aren't we? Oh, incredibly happy. Okay. Next to the one I love. That's what I like to hear. And of course, later we'll all have a little bit of food on the table and that's what makes me really have a lot to eat. I know I'm I'm looking forward to that. So we're asking Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin Nation to describe an NFL team using a Thanksgiving dish at at Chris Markan. Just hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed and said Steelers are the mashed potatoes. Most bandwagon fans in the game. Ooh, harsh. Seahawks are the pumpkin pie. They are extremely enjoyable as I'm falling asleep. And the Chiefs are the leftover sandwiches. Honestly, the best part of Thanksgiving. The Jets are definitely the green bean casserole. Hey, now, I'm a big fan of green bean casserole. Chris Markham had a lot going on there. I I mean, I love the engagement. We appreciate it, Chris. I still don't know how much I'm riding with what he, what he said there. I, I it's I'm a big fan of green bean casserole too. I didn't know that about you, and we've spent several Thanksgivings together now. I'm I'm. Are you not? I, I mean, I, I eat it all. Will I, you Will you like put it on your plate because I'm making it? Yeah, and yeah, really yeah. Rather but you know, not but here's not. my thing, and I think this is also an interesting part of the Thanksgiving conversation. Gravy makes its way onto everything for me. Yeah, me too. That's how I am too. But usually not the first go round. Usually the first oh, go round, really? I like everything in its purest form. Second go round, gravy kind of treat yourself a little bit. Second go round. Oh, I'm I'm gravy all day, all the time. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Okay, the Tampa Bay Bucks have been a little off and on this entire season, to put it lightly. They're coming off a loss to Los Angeles Rams. They had a win in between that and their previous loss to the New Orleans Saints. If you haven't heard Bruce Arians be critical of Tom Brady, you're probably not listening because it's happening often. Here was Bruce Arians, Bucks head coach, on Tom's accuracy lately. Other than the deep ball, I think I think he's getting confused a few times with coverage that might be causing some inaccurate balls. But uh, I don't see it at all in practice. Um, we're not missing the deep ball in practice, that's for sure. So it's just a matter on Sundays um, hitting them. Okay, before I say what I'm about to say, because you know I feel strongly about this. I've been saying this for weeks. I want to preface it by saying I I accept people for who they are. His personality, Bruce Arians' personality is you're going to ask him a question, he's going to answer it for you. So some of this, I am going to say before I am highly critical, is because he's being asked a specific question about the quarterback. Don't matter. Okay, now that I've gotten that out of the way, I'm over it. I am over the criticalness, I know that's not a word, of Tom Brady. Enough. It's enough. Criticism. That's what I wanted. I'm over it. Like, all you have done every time you've gone out and lost in primetime is blame Tom Brady. By the way, the Bucks averaged 16, ga- 16 points per game in primetime. They averaged 36 in all others. They stink in primetime. They're 1-3 in, in the primetime games this season. 7-4 on a year, but three of those losses have looked really bad and on the brightest of lights and biggest stage, which kind of amplifies... Uh, what is still a 7-4 and four record, but with the wealth of options and resources around you, Tom Brady even was able to bring in Antonio Brown. They are loaded 
and they still have to feel like they're the most underachieving team in the NFL, even at seven and four. So Bruce Arians goes on to say, as you just heard, we're missing the de- we're not missing the deep ball in practice. We're missing it in games. That's weird. I wonder how, why that would be. Perhaps because Tom Brady's not getting pressured in practice. Perhaps because Tom Brady can't get tackled in practice. Or maybe it's because Tom Brady's wearing a different color jersey than everyone else during practice. It's completely different. Practice. Talking about practice. Also, also, while you're over here constantly criticizing Tom Brady and the mistakes that he's making, and I'm not. Oh, here comes the defense blame. Let's just let's go ahead, do it. Let's just call it what it is. He's turned the ball ball over than he is accustomed to. Then we're all accustomed to seeing. I wonder if that has something to do with the offense he's playing in. Definitely does. I digress. There's also been some shuffling on the offensive line. Isn't an excuse because every team's dealt with injuries. Every team's basically shuffling on the offensive line at this point. Not an excuse. Nor do I think Tom Brady would use it as an excuse. But if you're going to constantly criticize your Hall of Fame quarterback who has six rings? Six. That has six rings. Yep. Six of those bad boys. Six rings. How many Bruce Arians got? Zero. Nathaniel. Nathan. So none, we're going to keep on we're going to keep on just going at Tom Brady. Cool. You know what you should do? Start start playing Gabbard. Please. I I beg you. Start playing Gabbard. And let's see how it goes. Because maybe then we won't have issues with the deep ball. We won't have issues with this guy's coverage. We won't have issues with Mike Mike Evans being open. We won't have issues with turning the ball over. Maybe that'll be it. So let's start playing Gabbert. Let's do that. And let's just see how it goes uh, from there. To me, a little bit of this takes me back to Jameis Winston. It just does. And it does because of the reason of we saw basically what the product of a Bruce Arians offense is. High productivity. And a high failure rate. You can win and win big, but inevitably it's going to be coupled with some amplified loss. 30 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, 30 interceptions. You take those risks, it's going to beget more risk. And you're in the position where you looked at Jameis Winston and you now kind of structure this thing and go, oh wait, so everybody's going to fail to a degree with this high-risk, explosive, stretch the field offense. It's just what's naturally going to happen. Now, did Jameis do it even at a higher clip? Sure. Yes. But was that measuring stick, should it have been a little bit higher to, to decide what was true failure? I think you need to reshuffle how you looked at Jameis Winston there. And that brings me back to Bruce Arians and how he's handling Tom Brady. Bruce Arians seems like an insecure guy when he's answering these questions. You're talking about how he's being asked them. I get that. But Bruce Arians is speaking like a guy who has the cure for something, and not everybody's buying that it's the cure for something. He's the guy that's saying, this is my offense. This is my baby. I promise you Tom Brady makes it work in practice. And Shay, you pointed out all the reasons why it doesn't work uh, in the games and why it surely works in practice. Very valid points. But he seems, and Bruce Arians, so concerned to show that this offense is going to work. Well, where has it worked? It didn't work with Jameis, a young guy with with the arm that could do it. It's not working with the best football player to ever live. Aging, maybe. But Tom Brady has shown that he can do it in certain ways, if you allow him to. In the push and pull, if that's what this becomes, you're going to go with the guy who has the resume. You're going to go with the proven winner. When I see two people arguing, if it's Jay Billis over here, and it's just some schmo who doesn't know anything about college basketball, doesn't really watch it, doesn't really know it, that's kind of where I'm putting Bruce Arians right here. I'm going to go with Jay Billis. Whoa. But no, but I'm going to go with the guy who trumps him in resume. 
I'm going to go with Jay Billis because he's proven that he knows this. The other guy hasn't so much, and that's Arians versus Brady. Let Brady do it his way. You win games. You have all the resources in front of you. And stop criticizing him, too. By the way, the Bucks defense has also been really bad, especially on third down. Maybe that's where we should change our focus. We do have a little bit of breaking news for you here. The Ravens had more positive COVID-19 <sighs> tests yesterday per source. This marks the fourth straight day now of positive tests for the Ravens. The outbreak in Baltimore continues. Why would the Steelers is, want to play now? This is obviously part of the reason why Come the on. Steelers and the Ravens are not playing tonight. And now it appears that we have, obviously, more tests that are coming out and the big reason why they're not playing tonight. And now what's in question? Their next game week. on Sunday. Lucky for us, though, we're going to talk about that next. The Steelers and Ravens postpone till Sunday. But what happens if they can't even play then? The answer next on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Shay Cornette, Jordan Cornette filling in on this Thanksgiving morning. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Thanks yeah. for hanging out with us. So on Thanksgiving, we obviously got the family side covered. Food will come later. Um, but football is at the forefront, it seems like, in terms of sports on Thanksgiving. Thankful Day. to have it still being played. We are very thankful for that. So for all of the latest in what's going on in the football world, we are now joined by Adam Schefter. He's brought to you by Skechers, the comfort and fit specialist. Try Skechers, relax fit, wide fit, stretch fit, arch fit. And many, many more. Uh, Adam, happy Thanksgiving to you. Good morning. It's already been a busy morning from what I can tell. So I see this breaking news here from Jamison Hensley. The Ravens had more positive COVID-19 tests yesterday. This marks now the fourth straight day of positive tests. So the outbreak in Baltimore continues. We already know this Ravens-Steelers game has been postponed till Sunday. But what is the latest in terms of the Ravens? Well, the fact that there are more positives is a discouraging sign for the status of Sunday's game. All along, NFL said that it was planning to play the game on Thursday night with, obviously, the Steelers and the Ravens, and they could not do that because of the positive test. They moved it back to Sunday, but just because they moved it back to Sunday doesn't mean it actually gets played Sunday. And the more positive tests there are in Baltimore, the more questions there will be about that, and the greater the chances grow that this game will not wind up being played. Now, again, 
It's early. There is still more testing and contact tracing to do, and we'll have to see how that unfolds today and tomorrow and Saturday. But they are struggling to contain the virus right now within the Ravens organization. The numbers grow every day, and if the numbers grow every day and continue to grow every day, you can imagine what that would do to the game on Sunday. Shefty, the Ravens ultimately disciplined their strength and conditioning coach that they kind of pointed to as the cause in a lot of ways uh, by failing to adhere to protocol, got them to this place. Can you enlighten us a little bit more on that situation or the discipline uh, that he received? Well, I don't know the exact discipline yet, but this is a situation where basically the league has warned teams and organizations with these protocols. It's why the league has cracked down, issued new protocols on Monday, issued fines, issued discipline, because they know that one individual can sink an organization. That's what went on with the Titans and the organization there when the league did an investigation and ultimately came to some conclusions at that time. They know that one individual can spread this virus very easily. And in this particular case, they've identified that coach in Baltimore. They've taken action against him. I don't know what the discipline is yet. We'll see what unfolds here with the situation. But I think it's an unfolding situation still that is still a fluid one that we don't know the full effect of just yet. We're talking to Adam Schefter, ESPN Senior NFL Insider. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. Thanks for being with us. Schefter's on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Okay, so... Adam, now I'm going to move to something that's completely different. So let's move away from Ravens and Steelers. We're not going to see them tonight. Hopefully we will see them play on Sunday, and hopefully the Ravens mm-hmm. can get the COVID situation under control. Let's move to starting quarterbacks. The Eagles. Doug Peterson seems very wishy-washy on keeping Carson Wentz as his starting quarterback. And the Bears. It sounds like Nick Foles hasn't really been practicing, and Mitch Trubisky might move into right. that role. Where do you think these starting quarterbacks are come Sunday or Monday? Well, let's start with the Eagles. Yeah, let's start with the Eagles. And basically, Doug Peterson... Certainly, as you said, wishy-washy is a good way of describing it. He certainly didn't speak with conviction about Carson keeping his starting job. It was interesting, the phraseology that he used during the press conference when he was asked about it, and basically how coaches face tough decisions, and this is another tough decision. And it was almost as if he opened the door on the idea that Carson wouldn't be starting on Monday night. Now, Carson's going to start, he said, and so we'll go with his word at that point in time. But The fact that it's out there, I think, was indicative of the questions that exist now in Philadelphia, maybe even within Doug Peterson's mind. In regards to Chicago, Nick Foles didn't practice. He's been nursing the hip injury. Mitchell Trubisky, who's had the shoulder injury, was back at practice yesterday. So there's your first glimpse into what the Bears' quarterback situation might look like on Sunday against the Packers. No Nick Foles, Mitchell Trubisky back behind center. We'll see if it continues on that way this week during practice. But that's the way it went Wednesday, and that's the way it seems to be tracking going forward. An NFC showdown for first place today. I'm really excited about this Washington football team versus Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to choose to glean positive with this one. You could learn a lot maybe moving forward about what these teams are going to be. Is there momentum in Dallas? Is Washington a team that can win with defense? But focusing on the quarterbacks, Andy Dalton. Alex Smith, who do you have more faith in to propel their team to a win here? Well, it's, it's different. I, I like both quarterbacks. I mean, how can you not feel good about what Alex Smith has overcome? And Andy Dalton also has come back from COVID, from the concussion, and I think he's a better quarterback than people realize. To me, the story of today's game is how the Cowboys can play 
with the heavy hearts after losing their strength and conditioning coach Marcus Paul, who died yesterday at the age of 54. There were players in the building that saw him taken out of the training facility on Tuesday when it happened. And now they are asked to go play a football game about 48 hours after they saw a friend, a coach, a mentor pass away in front of their eyes, basically. That has got to be incredibly difficult, incredibly traumatic, and it's going to be an incredibly emotional day for these Dal- for this Dallas football team as it hosts Washington uh, literally 24 hours after losing their coach. Really puts it in perspective. It so. really does. Adam Schefter, thank you so much for the time. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. We appreciate you. Happy Thanksgiving you to you and everybody out there. Thank you. Thank you. See you later. Um, yeah, Jordan, you're right. I, that does put everything into perspective. So the Dallas Cowboys playing today on Thanksgiving Day with a heavy heart, no doubt. Um, and then you've got the Washington football team, who, and I don't mean to compare things because let's be honest, there's no, no one, there's no comparison. Okay, we understand what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys, but in terms of a football perspective from this, uh, the the Washington football team is playing for something different. Look, they're in a position they haven't been in in a long time. Like Alex Smith is your quarterback; he's overcome something at his first win since 2018, a week ago. And he's overcome something where the day he ran out on that football field, you and I were working together. We're like, just give him comeback player of the year right now. Can you do that? Sure. And a win on Thanksgiving for him and his family and and really this Washington football team would mean a lot. Look at what Ron Rivera has gone through this year, too. And then you've got the Cowboys on the other side who have gone through a lot just in this week. So there's a little more emotional heartstrings, I guess, pulling at this game today than just your typical football game. Yeah, and it's also a prove-it game. I mean, moving away from the obviously the weight that the Cowboys are going to feel like is on their shoulders emotionally uh, and taking it more to the field, there's a lot of players and personnel involved in this that are out there to prove some things. Ron Rivera is the new head coach of Washington, Mm -hmm. uh, fighting cancer and is out there coaching this team and wants to show and has – uh, the type of competitor and fight he has to be out there in this position, albeit not the most glowing of positions with their record, but in a position to take over first place. I don't care what the records are in a division. Alex Smith continuing to prove that maybe not only is he the quarterback for this season for Washington, but in the future for right. Washington. Right. Can't even believe we're having that conversation. For Dallas, Ezekiel Elliott, all those fumbles, all that money he's been paid, coming off 100 yards rushing last game. Can he continue to get back to who he is? Stop using that as like a threshold. He should be rushing. No, my point is trying to prove that this is what he, he he's okay. back to being a star. Okay. Momentum there. Mike McCarthy. Everybody's like, is this your coach? Is this your guy? Well, yeah, it is. And he wants to prove coming off a competent game that they showed in that win versus the Vikings that that was no fluke, that they have momentum. So there's a lot at stake for two teams that have become the laughing stock that can show that hey, maybe we're garnering some momentum here. Maybe we should be taken serious. Look, I'm just asking for a competitive NFC East battle. That's all I want. I think that's all we want on Thanksgiving Day since this has now become the marquee game. Just give us a competitive game with two capable football teams with not a lot of turnovers. I don't need the messiness and the sloppiness. Next, describe an NFL team as a Thanksgiving dish. We've already been doing it so good. That's next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.